Hey, it's Chris. And Kylie. We're just a couple of jerks who need help following Jesus. Our podcast is all about humility. And finding direction and purpose. Especially when life gets hard or things don't turn out like we thought they would. Welcome to Following Jesus for Jerks. Okay, here we are. (laughs) Welcome back to Jerks After Dark. It is very dark. Yeah, I was gonna. I was actually about to say it's not even that dark, and I was gonna turn around. They are talking about. It's not gonna get anywhere. Daylight savings. It's not gonna go anywhere. We're we're in it. Yeah, but they're talking about not changing it anymore. We wouldn't have a time change. No, I I don't think that's gonna happen. You don't? I don't think so. I think we're gonna keep having it. It's it's like passing portions of Congress, isn't it? Is it that far along? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I loved. Well, we're clearly I saw, political. <laughs> I saw. I saw something where it was like, "Hey, we're asking for you know all these social things, mm-hmm. racial equality, you know, police, you know, whatever, and uh, healthcare for all, and and we can't get anything done. But man, we want to, we want to change daylight savings time. <laughs> we don't want to go through this fall back and spring forward deal oh anymore. My gosh. Any we can get it with, through. Any parent with children." Well, I guess any parent has children. <laughs> Good job putting that back together. together. Any any of you with kids parent parenting choices, kids time. Understand. Oh. Anyways, well, here what we are. What were you gonna say? Finish it. Finish the thought. Any parent with kids. You, okay. You ever you ever you ever say something and you're like, thank God I got out of saying that? Because it was going to be dumb anyways. I went, now, now, now you're I was just, locked it's, in. It's so insignificant. It's just so insignificant that it, it was overshadowed by the, the English joke. So you're not going to... I was just going to say, any any parent understands. Understands dumb what? daylight savings time is. Daylight savings? Why is it just people with kids? Because the rest of us intellectually understand it. And so whatever, we deal with it. But kids don't understand it. They just... I'm tired. That's all. That's a kid. That's all the kid experiences. Oh, that's all I experience. Maybe yeah. I'm. Maybe I'm lacking that's on you're that in your 40s. intellectual part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, here we are. Here we are, and we're not alone. No, we are not. We are not. Who do we have in the studio, ladies and gentlemen? Super fun, super fan dog, super fan dog. Hey. <laughs> What's up? He may be mm-hmm. outside of Micaiah. Gosh dang it! There's we a couple hundred bucks. Have to mention his name every yeah. time. I think we probably mentioned Superfan Doug. Yeah, or Bob, Superfan Bob. That's true, but he's related to one of us, so it doesn't count. Yeah. I always appreciate he has to the be little super- shoutouts. Yeah, good. Superfan Doug has been. I mean, just, uh, I'll speak personally. Before Kylie gets in there, uh, just an incredible uh, source of encouragement to to us yeah, on the show for sure. Gives us feedback after every after every show. Uh, most of it's good. Sometimes it's what the heck are you guys thinking? Kind of feedback too, but uh, no, I don't think you've given us that yet. You've thought it though. There's one thing I have talked to Kylie about, but I'm not going to bring it up. Ooh, I'm nervous. Ooh. You look like you're going to hit me. No, I don't. Wait, even what remember. did you bring up? I don't remember. Now I'm. Ooh, you cer- should bring it certain up. impressions. Oh yes, <laughs> it's your Reagan one, isn't it? Huh? It's your Reagan one. My Reagan. Yeah. Is he that, he said it? he yeah. was the first one. that was like, I think you shot me a text or we're like, you, <laughs> I'm like, don't ever do you that do, again. Yeah, it doesn't need to happen. Anymore. Oh great! So he's been doing it ever since. <laughs> well, I'm this close. To- 
turning it off every time. <laughs> well, Doug, welcome. Welcome to the Thank studio. You. Here we are, late night on Saturday. And uh, Doug, why don't you, uh, I don't know, why don't you tell us about yourself? Well, where do you want me to start? I mean, there's a lot there. There uh, is. There is. Start. Start. Where did you grow up? Where were you a young man? So I was actually born in Louisiana. Um, my dad was in the Air Force, mm. so we moved several times when I was a kid. Um, I don't remember Louisiana because I think I was only three when we moved. Um, we lived. Wow, we just lost Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, it's, we in, lived, it's in the South. Yeah, it's okay. Just, just go south. You'll get there. Um, we lived in Detroit for several years, okay. and then we lived in actually Kendallville for one year, and then my parents moved to Garrett. Uh, I was in sixth sixth grade, so I ended up graduating from Garrett High School. I uh, went to Purdue at Lafayette. That's sixth grade? Well, not in sixth grade. No, there was sixth grade on. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought in addition to super fan Doug, it was like super smart Doug. Yeah. Let's not get crazy. So I uh, went to college at Purdue Lafayette and um, worked several different jobs. My, my degree was in English and writing. Worked for a newspaper for a while, and it just wasn't my thing. And, um, was actually had moved to Kokomo and was managing a gym down there for several years. And I loved it, but it was a lot of hours, not very good pay. And, uh, what led me to teaching, which is what I do now was I had several high school kids that I, uh, personal trained. And it was just so rewarding for me to see a kid, have them set a goal, work hard and achieve it. And, knew that the gym wasn't going to be what I wanted to do for a career. It was a job, but it wasn't a career. And luckily, uh, IU has a um, campus in Kokomo. Went and talked to them. And that was about the time they first started the transition to teaching programs. Moved back to Fort Wayne, year and a half, got my teaching license, and have been teaching high school ever since. During that time, um, was a competitive powerlifter, competitive strongman. Yes. Um, when I was at college, I started bouncing at, a, and uh, then that ended up working into working uh, concert and bodyguarding details and mm. so forth. So, a lot of interesting stories there. But for the last wow. twenty years, I've been teaching high school English. Um, Let's not move past that. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah, share. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do share. Yeah. G- uh, do you have a, a fun? I'll tell you my favorite. Well, can, can I interrupt? Yeah, can I? sure. Can, let's just let's just give our our listeners a visual as much as we can on on Doug here. Yeah, He's, and this would be a good opportunity. Like, check out the Instagram. Yes, because you'll see a picture of yes. You ever seen that picture of? Is it is it Shaq, The Rock? And Kevin Hart? Yes. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it's like. Wait a second. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh huh. So am I The Rock? In height, that, height wise, that, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Don't, I'll don't worry. It. I picked up myself there. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing is, never, never mind. Uh, so we have Doug, who's got to be what? Not nine feet tall? He, he's right here. You can ask him. Don't yeah, look nine, at me. Nine, nine feet? Six foot eight. Okay. Okay. Close I was enough. close. You're a very like imposing man, right? He's He adds nothing to the, the, the hair problem in the in the studio. No, we're all you know, on the same he's page. No hair. Except for a very nice, well-trimmed goatee. Always Thank notice you. about it. You. Your goatee, always on point. Yeah. Um, he's busting out of his shirt. In good ways, I In hope. In good ways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the bottom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you're an imposing guy, all right? You've, you're, you're, you know, built for tough, you know? 
Yeah, I uh, I have never had anybody guess what I do for a living. Uh-huh. Nobody ever guesses teacher. And then when I tell them I teach, or they always guess PE. <laughs> no, actually British lit, but okay, thanks. So. so I interrupted a story. So what was the question you said, do tell, do tell? Just a, just a fun story from bouncing and working concerts. So probably my favorite memory, because that's great job, worst job, because unfortunately you're dealing with people that are irrational a lot of sure. times. But <laughs> great story. I'll give you two quick ones. Um, I did some personal bodyguarding for Larry the Cable Guy. Okay. Um, and the way that worked was I worked for a company that was subcontracted by his agent or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, several years ago when he was in the height of his, like right after the blue collar comedy tour, he came to Fort Wayne. Before everyone realized he wasn't funny. Yeah. And and I was assigned to be his personal detail when he was in Fort Wayne. So met him and worked for him, blah, blah, blah. And then he came back two and a half years later and they asked me to work. Sure. I'll work for him. He, cause he was a very nice guy, very open, honest, warm guy. And he remembered my name. Yeah. And I just That's thought cool. that was That's really cool. cool. And I have people like, well, how could he re- not remember you? Because your size. I'm like, think about how many people that guy meets and other security detail. Sure. And I remember I came around the corner and he was like, Doug, right? And I was like, That's pretty stinking cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. And then the other I'm one sorry that, about what I said about him. I'm sorry. <laughs> the other one that was one of my personal favorites is several years ago, um, when Twisted Sister was doing their reunion tour. Okay. I got to be D. Snyder's personal bodyguard. Nice, nice. And the funniest stories, like I showed up and his manager's like, all right, you just stand outside this dressing room door and nobody goes in, nobody comes out. I'm like, all right, that's my job, right? And the band walks out and the manager comes back. He's like, all right, D's getting ready to come out. We want to walk this path. Yeah, yeah, sure. And D comes out and he's in the full 1980s. Nice. Pink and black yeah. outfit, hair all yep. frizzed. And he's kind of dancing and he's spritzing his hair. And he's like, hey, D, this is Doug. He's going to be your personal tonight. And D looks at me and he stops. He goes, we got a big problem. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Rock star attitude, right? And his manager's like, what are you talking about? And D goes, you said you were going to get me a big guy. (laughs) And then he said it just stone faced straight. And I'm like, "Uh," and he looks at me and goes, gotcha. (laughs) And so worked for him the whole show. Show gets done. We rush him off the stage, throw him in a van and he leaves. And I've been a Twisted Sister fan since high school. And I pulled the manager aside and he said, hey, thanks. I said, hey, I know this is probably a shot in the dark. I said, but there's any way I could get like just a promotional photo or anything. He's like, yeah, give me your address. I'm thinking, yeah, I'll never. And two weeks later, I got a CD and guitar picks signed by the whole band. That's cool. Like, that's class. That was cool. So CD, this must have been a number of years ago. Yeah, it would have been early 2000s. Gotcha. Wow. Very cool. You still... Work out, yeah, regularly. What is what does that look like for you? Because you've been through a lot of different regiments or yeah, uh, types of. Well, I first started working out in college just because I wanted to lose weight and um, moved back to Fort Wayne and was in a circle inadvertently of guys that were powerlifters. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Hey, man, you ever thought about powerlifting? You're a pretty big guy." And at the time, I'm like, "Well, no." So we started training that way and got pretty good at it and competed state and national level and was did fine you know won some trophies set some records and so forth but powerlifting is very for lack of a better it's boring mm. because it's squat bench and dead i mean that's it those three lifts that's what you do and had always watched it two in the morning 
the <laughs> World's Strongest Man contest on ESPN and thought that was yeah. the coolest thing. And in the yeah. in the early mid '90s, that was very much a European thing. Hmm. And started listening to the weights that they were using and thought, I think I can do that, but I have no idea how to even make contact with anybody. Well, every March in Columbus, Ohio, they have the Arnold Fitness Expo and was over there one year as a fan walking through. And at the time there was a guy from Austria. His name was Manfred Herberl. Um, big guy. He's how, six, seven. How many, how many, how many R's are in that name? Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> European. There's like 12 yeah. consonants and one vowel. So um, all in a row. <laughs> and the, his claim to fame was he had 26 inch biceps. Whoa. I mean, they look like loaves of bread hanging there. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Not together. Oh, oh. <laughs> and, I thought you said thighs. Sorry. <laughs> and just, I took a shot and I'm like, I'm going to talk to this guy. And they're like, hey, I'm, I'm an American guy wanting to do this. What do you, you know? He's like, well, again, give me your contact information and I'll get in touch with you. And I thought, yeah, no way. <laughs> and probably six months later, I get this phone call from Austria. He's like, hey, I can get you into this contest. Do you want to go? Heck yeah, let's go. Wow. And so... <laughs> Did that for about six years. Uh, started in '96 and re- retired in 2002. So, wow, very you know, cool. Got to travel to some cool places, met some really cool guys. Was on TV a couple times. That was one of the most surreal times. As I was uh, bouncing in a bar here in Fort Wayne, and the night I was working, they're showing it on ESPN. <laughs> And everybody in the bar that I worked with was like, "Oh my gosh, it's Doug!" You know, and I remember people coming in. They're like, "Hey, man!" I'm like. And that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So I bet no one gave you any uh, any crap that night. Nah, not yeah. usually. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, what would, what would be amazing is in uh, in a couple weeks when this episode airs, if you're bouncing in a bar, strongman competition comes on from the '90s, and they play this podcast in the bar. Boom! That's the, the trifecta. Moving on. Um, <laughs> it is a little funny though. Like my students will Google me. Or YouTube, yeah, and there's there's contest footage on YouTube, and they'll watch it. Okay, I know what we're doing the entire rest of the the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, is that you, Mister? Because I don't look the same. I was mm-hmm. much bigger as far as just heavier, you know. Because when you're moving that kind of weight, you got you got to be have some lbs in the tank to move mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So. so you're saying, so you're saying I qualify? You'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, be- before we move in to your heart and your mind and, and more of what we talk about with humility and things we've learned and grown in, mm-hmm. like, let's stick with, um, just so people continue to get a picture. Uh, you've got a lot of tattoos. Yeah. How, do you know how many? Well, it's hard to say because I don't know, like, do you call sleeves one? They kind of, oh. you know, oh. I mean, I have people ask me, how many tattoos do you have? And I'm like, well, from my wrist to my shoulder, is that one? Sure. I'm covered right arm, wrist to shoulder, left arm, basically wrist to shoulder. My whole back's done and both legs, knees to my ankles. Really? Yeah. I say that's a lot. That is a lot. What, I mean, obviously they, I know, I know you well enough to know that they all hold significance. Yeah, there's, there's not a single tattoo that I have that's like, oh, I got that to have a tattoo. They mm-hmm. all mean something very dear to me. What are, what are a couple... What are a couple that are maybe most meaningful? The two most meaningful, uh, first one's going to be the portrait of my grandfather on my left oh, shoulder. Wow. Um, long story short, uh, he was a B-24 pilot 
a graduate of Leo High School in 1939, married my grandmother, high school sweetheart, um, went to war in November of 44. My grandmother was pregnant. Um, His plane disappeared on December 11th, 1944. My dad was born in January of 45, so my dad never knew his father. Wow. He was declared missing in action for a year, and then that the procedure was then he was declared killed in action. Yeah. Uh, 1998, the government contacts us. <gasps> we found the plane. Everybody's remains are there. They went through a two-year process of excavating that and identifying oh everybody. God. And um, he's buried in Arlington now. And, wow, what a story. Uh, yeah, and, and the, the other weird twist of that was his actual crew was not the crew that he crashed with. He was filling in on another plane. So when we went to DC for his funeral, his best friend who was, who was his navigator and his other best friend who was his bombardier were there and we got to meet them. And that was really good for my dad because my dad never met his father, you know, and these guys sitting there and telling him stories about, Hey, this is what your dad was like. And so forth. A very, very cool story. So that I really cherish that tattoo and then my right sleeve, um, on the outside of my forearm here, it says GFC. And people ask me all the time, what's that stand for? And I'm like, those are my priorities. It's God, family, country. Mm. Um, the inside of my forearm has got the three crosses, which is God. The backside is a tree representing family. And the tree, the leaves go through all four seasons. So it goes from spring, summer, fall, and winter. And then country is the flag and the eagle. Mm. So That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Again, not the high school teacher English mold. Yeah. Well, that's what yeah. <laughs> I mean. Even we've had a couple of your students here the last what three weeks. Yeah, um, because you taught a couple weeks ago, and they and, came back, <laughs> and they keep coming back. And one of the things that they shared as we were just talking after gathering last week was we were talking about you and the influence that you have um, in their lives, and that. Yeah, the domineering look and the the big guy that you are, they're like, really, he's just a big teddy bear. <laughs> and I mean, and I'm okay with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so uh, you've also okay. So you've done all these really cool things. Enter into the teaching world, edu- education. Also did coaching. That's kind of how yep. you and I really yeah, got to know ago. each other. Yeah. Tw- Wow, you didn't need to share that. <laughs> 20, well, I'm the oldest in the room, so it's okay for me to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we forgot to say his age. 76. Yeah. <laughs> great for 82-year-olds. Great. <laughs> but, I've, you know, you go through this period of coaching for how many years did you coach? Uh, well, through all, I think roughly 10, 11, 12, something like that. I mean, because I coached at Wayne, then I coached at Elmer's, and then I coached at Woodland. Sure. So. so just the, like, what is that? where does that come from and what does that mean to you in having this desire to influence young people? Well, I think honestly, I'm hoping, but I think that most people who go into education, if they're going into it for the right reasons, it's because they had a teacher in their life that impacted them. Mm. And like I said, when I worked with those kids at the gym and that was just so rewarding and it was funny because I kind of got to that crossroads. Like, I don't know what to do here when I was working at the gym, you know, and talked to a couple of people that I really value, you know, friends in Kokomo and what I was thinking about that. Like, yeah, I think you should at least go check it out. And I'll never forget. I went and talked to the guy at IUK and I called my mom 
And her first words out of her mouth was like, I wonder how, I wondered how long it was going to take you to figure this out. Really? Oh, wow. And the aspect that she, she's like, I knew you were always supposed to be a teacher. Wow. And so it's just the idea of like, you and I have had many discussions about the absence of the father, the, the positive male influence in sure. kids' lives. Yep. And I see that on a daily basis. And there's a lot of those kids, it's not their fault. They have no control over it. And I look at it as, you know, if I could reach one kid, if I could have one kid when they're 35 go, you know, old Mr. R, you know, he, he made a difference in my life. I've got a, a student who's shadowing me now, a college student who's shadowing me. And he's really doing a good job. He's asking me some really good questions and he's asking me some of the stuff that, you know, you just don't know until you're a teacher. And he's like, well, how do you know, you know, what's it, what do you do when you get frustrated? And I said, hold on a second. And I pulled out a drawer in my desk and I pull out this stack of papers like this big. He's like, what's that? And I go, those are letters from kids. Mm. And that's what it's about. And I said, I said, you need to keep those things because there are going to be days that you just are going to be like, I'm done. I can't do this. I feel like I'm ice skating uphill. And you're going to pull that letter out and read it and be like, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. You know, and unfortunately, one of the negatives of teaching is once in a while you lose students. And we had a girl just this last summer who graduated last year that was murdered. And just devastating to hear, you know, a girl at 18 and, and I was going, we got back to school in August and was going through my desk and I found a letter from her mm. and I forgot I'd even had it. And it was just so moving and special to me. I'm like, you know, and that's like, that's exactly why you, that's why you should be a teacher. Mm. And it's that ripple effect. And then you think about, okay, so you've got that many letters that you have. How many letters, letters, quote unquote, do you did you not receive? But you have those kids that felt that way or whatever. Yeah, you know. So that's what, why. What do you think it was? From your maybe I don't know if you ever talked to her about that. What did she know or see in you? You know, I my mom was a nurse for twenty five years, and then she went into teaching. Oh, really? Yeah she she worked at Parkview for twenty five years. And then she was teaching at Ivy Tech before she passed. Mm. And I, you know, that's thing about, it, I probably should have asked her, but I just remember when I called her and told her that she's like, I wonder how long it was going to take you to figure that out. Wow. <laughs> she just knew. She wow. just knew. Yeah. 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 Huh. That's cool. So, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Say so. oh, I was going to, I was going to kind of fast forward a little bit because you and I met here at the mm-hmm. crossing. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, she's, I think we'd, Probably about a year. I knew your name. You know, we'd say hi to each other. I'd see your wife, Val, and say hi. And that, that was about it. We were right. like, you know, and then, and then the pandemic hit. And something huge happened with you. Yeah. Um, would, would you, would you, I mean, I'm, I am always, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm fast forwarding to that and no, trying to, fine. but I'm always so impressed with the story and what you, what, uh, let me not take anything away from it. Okay. Can you share what happened? Yeah. So it was very much what I was talking about tonight in sharing is, you know, the pandemic hit and I think everybody for like the first week or two was kind of like, 
I'll take a break, yeah. you know, and then yep. you start to realize like, this is serious. And I just felt like, cause I actually talked to you about it several times before I did what I did, but I just felt like God was saying, Hey, hey you need, you need to get uncomfortable here. Hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't know what that, first of all, I don't like <laughs> that. Right. And second of all, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And I think he literally just put that seed in my head like, all right, I'm going to let you stew on it for a while. Hmm. I'm going to let you be uncomfortable about thinking about being uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm not even really sure how the idea came to me, but I was just like, you know what? People just need to know that people care about them. And, and it kind of snowballs back to other things in my life. Like when I worked at the gym and I managed the gym, I had a lot of high school kids that would work like the front counter for me. And I would always stress to them, like, your most important job is to say hi and name every single person they come in before they get to the counter. I said, because you have no idea what kind of day they're having. And I would play games with them. You know, I'd walk up there, rush time, and I'd be like, hey, if you can name the next 10 people before they sign in, I'll buy you dinner tonight. You know, because that point of contact, you know, you're coming in and you're having the worst day of your life. And, hey, Chris, how you doing? What you, what you working tonight? What you working out tonight? And it would be... It, it would snap them out. It's that the OODA loop, right? To yeah. distract, to snap them out of it. And I just, uh, yeah, I think people need to know that they're cared for because there's so many people that just don't. And so I thought about that for a while. And then um, it's, uh, we had talked about the guy that has, uh, he wears the shirt or a sign that says free hugs. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he does that. And I'm like, well, I really can't do that in a pandemic. <laughs> but that type of idea. Yeah, and I yeah. just was like, you know what? You are loved. And so at the time, I had a senior girl in my class who just loves to draw, because I can't draw stick figures as a stretch. <laughs> and I remember pulling her aside. I'm like, hey, if I buy this poster board-ish thing, and this is what I want, do you think? Oh, I'd love to do that. And so we made a sign with a great big heart in the middle, on the top, you are, and on the bottom, loved. I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go stand on the street corner somewhere. <laughs> And man, I argued with myself mm. about that for weeks. <laughs> wow. And I'll never forget the first day I went out, it was snowing a little bit. And I went to the Target parking lot there at Maplecrest. Because I'm like, I don't want to get right out on the street. I think if I can go to the parking lot, that's kind of a, <laughs> And I can park close so if things get <laughs> squirrely or whatever, I can just leave. And just that first day, and I maybe went out for maybe a half hour. That first day, just people stopping hey, thank you, and drive by, you are loved too, and honking and just waving and everything. And it was funny. The reason I left that day as a manager of Target came, she's like, sir, you can't be here. Because she thought I was panhandling. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. I'm like, I don't want anything. She's like, no, you can't be here. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll, you know, I'll leave. And then started going more frequently. And then honestly, it became, for lack of a better word, it became an addiction to me because the benefit that I was getting from it just the interactions that I would have with people. I mean, people would stop and tell me things like, I don't even know you, <laughs> you know, but hey, great. I would pray with people. I had a guy one time over on uh, St. Joe by Riviera Plaza there, stopped, got out of his guitar with it, got out of his car with a guitar. He's like, hey man, do you care if I sing some songs? Or, you know, they always ask, oh, what are you doing out here? You know, I'm like, no, he stayed there for like a half hour just playing some Christian music and, um, I've had a couple people, 
you know, clearly struggling with addiction. I had one guy came back and saw me two or three times and we talked about how God was working in his life and so forth. I've had multiple people try to give me money because they think (laughs) I'm panhandling and I'm always like, no, I'm not, that's not what this is about. And anybody that I have an interaction with, I have um, pennies that have crosses cut in them and I always keep a handful of them in my pocket and I'm just like, hey, can I give you something? Take that with you. Think about that when times get tough. And Mm -hmm. so I've been doing it two years now. Obviously, during the school year, I don't do it as much, but in the summer, every single day. And I go to a different part of Fort Wayne, different corner, and stand there until my knees can't take it anymore. And then it's just been awesome for me. I mean, initially thought I was doing something for somebody else. And it's like the reward that I get from it. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I, I love that last part of the story that you like what you shared. And I've, I've, it was cool. Even I, I think it was on a, uh, we were on a zoom call <laughs> for, for, for our church gathering. The first time you shared that flip that like, I thought I was doing this for God, but he, you know, he had a plan for me yeah. to be blessed in this all along. I'm the one getting the blessing being out there. Yeah. And I, I mean, I remember, I remember seeing your face on a little zoom call doing that. Yeah. It's uh, just, yeah. it's, because I think, again, it's one of those things, and you can, and I can see it when I'm standing there. It's the, the, it'll snap people out of whatever they're having in their day. And I had people, in, I had a girl one time in tears just pull up, and she's like, you have no idea how much I needed this. Thank wow. you so much. I'm like, no, thank you. And I always tell people, too, I'm like, pay it forward. Pay it forward. I've only had a couple negative encounters, you know, and you're going to have that, you know. But. And Ben picture and article in the paper about it. And yeah. And, and that's, the, it's like, Hey, spread the word. I, I'm okay with that. You know? Yeah. That's powerful. What? Uh, so it makes me think about your heart. I mean, I think we can, we can, I know your heart. Um, well, pretty well. Uh, <laughs> Talk about your, what's your faith journey been like? I mean, this didn't just pop up. Right. And- so, um, you know, as a kid, went to church. Didn't have a relationship. You know, it was what we did on Sundays. Mom got us up and we went to church. And it was very, very seasonal. Like we've talked about, there were times that we went, for lack of a better term, religiously. Yeah. And then there were seasons where we didn't. Um, you know, a big influence for me was my mom's, mom and dad, my grandparents on that side. I mean, talk about somebody that, that just lived the life of loving people. That was my grandfather and grandpa on that side. Uh, I was talking to Maury when he spoke from Southern Indiana, if he knew true love Methodist church, it's like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm like. Yeah. My grandfather built that church, literally built that church. And, um, I remember whenever we visited them, you know, we're going to church on Sundays because that's important. Um, got back into the regular routine of church when I met my wife. Uh, we got married. She was raised Lutheran. And so um, we got married in the Lutheran church and we went to the Lutheran church that we got married in for years. And I was just telling Chris before we came up here, yeah, we just, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of weird that we both at the same time just were like, do you feel like you're getting fed here? And nothing against that church, but 
We just felt like, hey, we needed something different. And you and I have been friends for so long, and you had invited me here a bunch of times. And I'll be honest, my first hiccup, because Saturday nights. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my know, God. Just, you and me both, though. Don't worry. You know, but actually, man, I love it. I mean, I look forward to Saturday nights now. And just the fact that, you know, when we first came here, being fed, um, so welcoming. I mean, the first time we walked in and everybody, hey, who are you? And how do you know? And I'm like, oh, I know Kylie. Oh, yeah. And just the the ability here to be weak and broken and not be judged by it is unbelievable. Because I know, I mean, we all know there are people that come to this church that would be ostracized at other churches. And that's sad. To me, that's very sad. Um, several years ago, I read uh, a biography about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, which just hammered me. I mean, it was a punch in the face. Such a great story. And read that book and like, and just looking at myself, I'm like, man, I suck (laughs) compared to that guy. You know, Mm -hmm. that changed my life. And it just, I'm so glad we come here now and would haven't looked back and just like, man, I'm, I'm all in. Let's, Pour on the gas. Let's get it. Mm. It, was so, it was so cool having you teach last, what, two weeks ago mm-hmm. um, on well, Jehovah. Jehovah Shalom. Shalom. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and we're going to, we're, we're going to get into next week. We're going to get into a little more of what that journey's looked like for you. Cause okay. I think that's where, I mean, that, that's where, man, God has showed up powerfully oh, in your life and uh, listener, you know, make sure you're, make sure you're tuning back in next week. Cause that's, that's important, but it was just so cool hearing you do that. And I, that was the first time I heard you teach here. And I, I thought you, I think maybe you had taught once before, but no, no, that was the first time. Oh man. It was so cool. Uh, Trust like, me. N- nerves were there. <laughs> I mean, it's literally what you do for a living. And uh, so it, it showed like you did, you did great and everything and everyone, everyone loved it. But I, I loved you know, and, and kind of, I, I, yeah, I, it's almost like everything we've just talked about, everything you've just said led up to what's happened this last year in your life. And yeah. we're going to, we're going to get into that next, next week. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's important for our listeners to come back and, um, Doug, we're really grateful you're here. You want to? Yeah. I, I, I love Having known you for so long in different ways, um, education, coaching, you know, you being a part here, a, a men's group actually. Right. Yeah. It was a, a group. Well, even before our men's group here, mm-hmm. you know, we were part of a men's group of oh, okay. several different churches and, yeah. and um, just knowing, you know, what the heart that you have. I mean, you have this imposing stature about you. And yet at the same time, and like you said, you're totally comfortable with like comfortable with who God has made you in, in that you love the English language and literature and teaching kids. And there's such a tenderness that is, that is super powerful and, and super encouraging and fun to watch. And I think, you know, as Chris said, as we get into our next episode and continue this conversation on, you know, where that comes from and, and how God's used that in your life. I think that's just going to be, yeah. continue to be a powerful testimony. Yeah. So, so Doug, thanks. 
Thank come, you guys. Come back next week, everybody. It's going to be stupid powerful. Yeah. Awesome. Love y'all. All right. Bye. Peace.